welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. Ah, I like that. I like that. Well, listen, that's um, that's half of it. Yeah, that's yeah half I'm still waiting on the music, but I was like, I got this clip. <laughs> I might as well use it. What the hell? We'll take it, man. That was pretty damn awesome. And you know what? They said my last name right, so I'm really happy about oh, that. We made sure. We made sure they did. I appreciate yeah, that. that. I appreciate that. That, that was Alana. That was the, that was, the voice of Alana. Thank you, Alana. Shout out to Alana for that, man. She did a great job with it. Uh, welcome to... Um, the uh, Six Rings, actually, we've uh, officially, no, we haven't officially named it the uh, Kane's Family um, Therapy Session, but <laughs> that's what's going to be tonight, baby. So uh, joined, as always, um, as you heard earlier, Vish, Larry Bluestein, and, of course, Danny Gillette. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Uh, you know, I mean, you come to grips with what happened, and, uh, yeah. you know, you and I sat there, and it was like, holy mackerel. Today, Is this you know, happening here? yeah, like like today, like yesterday, and then today, you had you get a chance to kind of decompress and and kind of relax and you know go over it in your head again and and, and all that. So no I thanks. Mean, yeah, know. no, I'm I'm ready for basketball season. <laughs> oh, yeah. It I'm should be set, a good year. Yeah. You guys are both lying. <laughs> Don't lie to yourselves. All right, let's not lie to ourselves. You know, um, been kind of crazy. Obviously, the last um. 24 to 48 hours have not been the best for Miami Hurricane sports. Um, and uh, we, we don't, we don't talk, we don't mention those things in the chat. You can put them up all you want, but we're not going to say them. So, um, you know, a lot to dissect, a lot to talk about because uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are still kind of hanging over everybody's head here uh, as Canes fans. And um, you know, let's look at the end of the day. Yes. We love this program, but uh, it, it's clear that there is, there's still a lot going on that needs to be corrected, fixed. And, and to be quite honest with you, though, you know, a lot of the stuff still surprises, uh, still surprised me a little bit. As And we shouldn't be surprised, right? Because at this point, you know, um, we, we've seen this movie before. So is it is it just, uh, just a chapter? Is it just one piece of the movie? And then obviously it gets better. Or are we going down the same road again? But uh, truth is... It, it was disappointing. It was it was kind of um, embarrassing. It was it was a lot of things. It was a lot of things, and we'll get we'll get to it, uh, you know. And I, and I kind of want to get right to right to things as opposed to kind of go over the whole thing because I mean we can if we dissect the whole entire game right now we're each going to talk for ten minutes. So um, the truth is, I kind of want to break down, you know, each area, and and what we you know what went what, what went wrong right at the end of the day. Look, we got whooped right. We got whooped by Middle Tennessee State. Uh, props to them because they came out ready to play and they kicked our butts, right? That's just the bottom line. They kicked their ass up and down the field, both sides of the football. And, um, you know, at, at no point did, did, uh, did that football team look like they were in the game ready to play. And, um, and it's concerning. It's concerning. So, uh, the final score was 45 to 31. Yes. We're going to relive it again for, uh, for, for all my people that are going to be joining the chat soon. Um, the first thing I want to start off with, because I know everybody wants to talk about the offense. Everybody wants to talk about Tyler Van Dyke and, you know, the play calling and Josh Gaddis and all that. And we'll get to it. We'll get to it because I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, we gave up 45 points as well on the defensive side of the football. Okay. 
So there's a lot of breakdowns there. A lot of players that we thought had kind of gotten back to, you know, st- started to kind of step up and, and, and looked apart, regressed again, right? And then you saw – you just saw players out of place, you saw, out of position. You saw them lost. You saw a lot of things that at this point you shouldn't be seeing from this team. Uh, I don't care against – I don't care if it's against Middle Tennessee State or against Texas A&M or Alabama. I mean, there was a lot of things that really went wrong on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I know they had a pick six, so one of those touchdowns you can kind of erase, (laughs) and they really only gave up 38 points. I'm sorry. They only gave up 38 points. Um, Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's, This is a tough one to kind of – yeah, I mean, I mean, both teams had like a a weird touchdown because we had the kick return for a touchdown. Right. So if you – I mean – I don't think 3824 is just any, any different, but right? that's if you want to if you want to drop a touchdown off each, yeah. then we can do that. Exactly. Well, special teams matters, right? Special teams matters. Um, real quick, I guess what I really want to talk about right now is obviously the defensive side of the ball. And I'm gonna start off with you, Blue, uh, because uh we still saw look, so we saw Corey Flags didn't play terribly, right? He he still played decent, but I think it was it was a, it was really a, an effort. It was a lack or lack thereof from that whole entire defensive side of the ball. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you saw on the defensive side of the ball that really concerned you the most. And, and again, I, you know, I want to kind of preface this by saying we're really not knocking players here. We're just really we got to say how it is, right? We got to say where they messed up, where they screwed up, where they had deficiencies, and what led to them scoring thirty-eight points on us. No consistent pass rush, obviously. He never put much pressure on the quarterback. And then when he did, yeah, he ran the ball on you. Our secondary played terribly. I mean, you know, but that could be part and partial of getting too much time to throw the ball because they're not going to run with those receivers forever. And it was just, I don't know. And I think I said it to you probably at the end of the first quarter. I said, something wrong here. It just doesn't look like this team's in sync. And, Maybe it's from a fan standpoint that you want them to come out and just blow this team out and have that all that energy, but they had none. And they had they had no energy whatsoever from the beginning. And you know what? By the time the as we approach halftime, everybody was booing. And that's I mean, they're gonna boo enough when you're at on the road at Clemson and all that stuff. You just the last place you want that is at home. And that, to me, that takes, you know, and Tyler could complain all he wants. You know, oh, now they're booing. Well, you gave him something to boo about. I mean, and I'll tell you this. I watched – I hate watching those games over again, but I watched it again. He was miserable. He had get, he had time to throw, and he was throwing behind people. And I even said that to you, Jazz. I said, you know, when uh, – I forgot Redding on um, one of the plays that Redding had – He's throwing at their feet. He's th- and they never really, you know, when they got the tight end involved once or twice. But uh, from a defensive standpoint, they just they put no pressure on them. Uh, they every time they caught a ball, they never punished them. They made it so you know every time they weren't afraid. There was no intimidation, you know. And there's got to be intimidation when you have man for man. If I put all those. Uh, 22 guys out on a on a board and i told you to pick kids for positions how many guys would you have picked from middle tennessee state not a lot but that's my point miami's just and 
you know what? Mario could blame himself every single week if he wants, but that's never going to improve things and say, oh, well, we got to be better. Yeah, you know what? I don't buy I don't buy that talk, mainly because I've heard that talk from the last five coaches. You know, I mean, you kind of get to the point where let's see some let's see some results. You know, I mean, it, you can knock that school in Tallahassee all you want, but they're getting results. They're getting results. But, yeah, it's year three. So I think that in year three, Miami is going to be phenomenal. And. The thing, my phone blew up all day Sunday from people saying, hey, we're going to lose all these recruits. Maui Goa is going to go to Alabama. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. At the end of the day, and I said this to you, Jazz, I said, I hope the recruits are watching. Because if I'm a wide receiver, I said, damn, I'm playing high school now. I'll be in that damn lineup next year. Because there's nobody out there that's better than me. Same thing with all those linebackers. Shoot. I'm going to be part, I'll be one or two on that depth chart next year. So you can't say that about going to Alabama. You can't say that about going to Georgia, Ohio State, even Oklahoma, which lost. They've got a lot of depth. Miami has no depth. They have, have, yeah, no, I agree. They can't cover, but that's only because the pass rush wasn't giving them any. You can't leave those. I don't care who it is. You can't leave anybody in the secondary for eight seconds. I mean, (laughs) it's just not going to work out. Um, and I'm not one who said, oh, let's throw this game away. You can't. You can't throw this game away because now it's not going to be any easier at all. Any Who's worse than Middle Tennessee no, State? It's good. It's, the, not it's even Georgia Tech. It's going to get tougher now. This is a tougher. Much tougher. You, and, you got the ACC now. It's 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 a very good conference, man. You got a lot of a lot of teams that are playing well in that conference. You got a top ten program. So no, it's it's not going. And you know what? To answer Gary's Gary's. Um, uh, 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 post here. Look, it's true, right? You can't run a cover. Yes, I. Here's the thing. The thing with a cover zero is exactly that, right? And I know DJ, you probably know about this as well. What is the whole point? And and I heard this last night as well on on Flo's show. What's the whole point of a cover zero? The whole point is not to let get it and let anybody get behind you, right? Period. Um, <laughs> that's that's exactly what happened. Vish, are you concerned about um? Exactly what Gary just mentioned, right? I mean, they had one receiver who had two catches for 169 yards. Both of them went for touchdowns. Okay, and they had another guy who caught another one pass for six for 69 yards, and it was another touchdown. By the way, that cat who caught two passes for 169 yards had a total of 15 receiving yards the first two or three days. So, how concerned are you to see that those guys lined up? Because the truth is, we were playing a lot of man as well, right? You thought, hey. Man coverage, we're going to be able to beat them one-on-one. No sweat. These guys literally blew right by our defensive backs. DJ, I, I don't care if it was DJ Ivy, Daryl Porter, uh, Tyreek, whoever it was. They blew right by these guys. They blew right by, uh, you know, unfortunately, Jaden Harris <laughs> came in one play and got smoked that one play uh, for a touchdown. How concerned are you that these guys are just lining up and running right past us? And then, if you notice, when they were chasing them down, they just looked slower is it a fact is it a matter of just them not giving full effort or is it that they were they were just faster than us i mean talk to me a little bit about that and, and, and just the defense well, in the hole well I, I think we got out coached and out schemed they knew exactly they had a plan to exploit our weaknesses like <clears throat> Corey flag has had a great year and and deservedly as the starter but they know he's not good in space 
that one that one um long pitch and catch they had was just a check down into space and they isolated him now his teammates let him down because they should have rallied to the tackle no one was in that instance no no one was really running to the tackle it was just him um but they knew what they were doing and every you mentioned you know Jalen harris <laughs> anytime we had a freshman go out there they attacked him immediately they were on top of it um and and, and we had all those injuries at corner tyreek went out uh then porter went out so we, we were down, and they knew exactly. They were hitting it at – they went at Malik Curtis, too. They knew exactly what they were doing. So I think we just got outcoached. Because um, anytime you take your, your more, more talented guys and you try to exploit – and you exploit the weaknesses, we're not – and we've talked about this a lot – like fully stocked across the board. So there are weaknesses on our defense, which we're well aware of, right? And when we choose to nitpick them, like that's why everyone gets on flag all the time. Because he's got deficiencies, we know. They went right at him. And some of those, I don't – like that first long touchdown pass they had, or it might have been the second one, I don't know. <laughs> there was one where we almost tackled the guy like the 20, where he had like a 10-yard head start. And all we had to do was take a few more strides and we had tackled him easily and dove too early. And he stepped out of the tackle. Oh, that was Tyreek. So, yeah, Tyreek. Yeah, I mean, he had him. If he just if he just ran – ran like took a few more strides to close that gap a little bit more, he would have tackled him around the 15. He dove at him at the 20 and he stepped out of it. Now – that appeared to be – at least one of those appeared to be a bust where there was a miscommunication. We were in multiple coverages, so the defense just went on the same page. It was always something, but I think as a team, we weren't – I was going to say, it was, it was a bust all the whole, the whole time. Like <laughs> well, sometimes it was. Sometimes it was – you know, that one they threw out of their own end zone was was intentionally – we were trying to pressure them, maybe get a safety or – and did not, as Blue mentioned, or did not get the pressure, and then you're isolated out there. And, you know, credit to them. They, they hit every one of those plays. Like we had, we had Redding streaking up the sideline at one point. Van Dyke overthrew him. Like we didn't hit the plays the way that they did. They did not miss any of those because you expect, you know, a drop pass here and overthrow there. In every game, you get away with a few of those, right? We didn't get away with any of them. They hit every single one of them. So credit to them for executing, and they came with a game plan to exploit our weaknesses, and they did it. We also weren't. I mean, I I know what Blue's saying about you know taking, hearing this from multiple coaches outs on them. I mean, I think if we were playing a better team like Zion would have played, like rest his knee. I, to me, that was a whole – we didn't necessarily respect this opponent as much as we should have. Um, we were ho- holding people out, you know, well, we can get away with this, we can get away with that. And they, they hit us in the mouth and we were behind the eight ball. And defensively, which is what the, what the original question was on, every time we tried to get a foothold, they'd hit us with a big play. So I mean, not not only that, like you you mentioned it, right? Uh, you both of you mentioned it, blue and Vish, the, the trenches, right? Our our defensive line was not getting enough pressure. And look, Vish, you know you get punched in the mouth a couple times. A good defense needs to wake the hell up at that point, and then turn turn a switch on and kind of change things, right? And kind of turn things around. It didn't happen, uh, D- DJ. I noticed. Um, actually, me me and Blue noticed it big time. Their running back, P- Pizant or whatever his name was, Zach Pizant. Um, kid ran. Making fun of that guy. I know. He make, but he, he kept killing us, right? He kept he kept knocking every, all the, that defensive line. He was just tearing them apart the whole time. He ran with attitude. He ran strong. He ran aggressively. Um, and, and you notice, and, and I'm not saying they ran for a lot of yards because they didn't. They actually didn't run for a lot of yards. 19 carries for 74 yards on which, his part. Right, which is not yeah. crazy, right? I mean. The problem is that when he ran the ball, 
it, when they needed to get those yards, they got the yards, right? When they yeah. needed to kind of break the will of our defense, they did so. Um, this defense didn't look very good at all, um, DJ. And they took a significant step back. And, and, and I'm curious as to get your thoughts on why this defense struggles so much against this team. To be honest with you, I wish I had, you know, the the ultimate answer and a good answer for that. But I but I really don't know. I, I, I mentioned I talked with Vish about this in the postgame show a little bit, and I'm sure you heard it, Jazz and Blue, that it seemed like we fell behind a couple scores and we just played like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to catch up. No worries. You know, there was no sense of urgency. Middle Tennessee State had urgency on both sides of the football, and that included on offense. And, you know, it just seemed like the Middle Tennessee State offensive line was able to quite literally push our, push our guys around. And, you know, it was kind of bewildering to see because, you know, we've heard so much about, you know, the defensive line transfers and how the linebacker position is improving. And it just – it was completely baffling to me why – the defensive line just couldn't get anything, any big stop or any major momentum on Saturday. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. You guys can hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. You know, every, every time I do that, I lose you guys. Um, <clears throat> look, at the end of the day, I, I, I noticed, you know, so, and this is what kind of worried me the most as well, right? Because after the football game, some of the players were asked about that, right? Their preparation, the, you know, what and a lot of them, I mean, stuff that you don't, man, you don't say this out there, and this tells me everything I need to know. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna preface that by saying something else. However, you know these play, you know a lot of these players are like, well, we weren't ready to play them. We we were overlooking them. Um, you know, we thought that we were just gonna beat them. You know, and, and I'm hearing this stuff, and I'm like, you gotta be effing kidding me that this is still what is being said. Now, with that being said. I want a lot of players, I mean, I want a lot of fans to understand something, okay? And, and I, I'm kind of, I don't I don't want to say I'm getting soft here, but this whole entire notion of we've got to change the culture, right? Mario, is. it's going to take some time to get change the culture, and it, it sounds very cliche, but it's the bottom line. You cannot change the culture of this program. Having the same exact players as, or most of the players that you had part of that previous culture in this one as well, right? So this is why patience is very important because, Blue, you know this better than a lot of people, right? You've got to have patience. And you've to change a culture, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in four games, okay? And it doesn't happen in – it might not even happen in one season, okay? However – a lot of us are tired of hearing that, right? We're tired of hearing the change the culture, change the players need to, you know, and you hear all these players talking to how they used to talk before, and, and and that's because that culture was instilled in this program from before. And it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight for them to change that, right? However, at the same time, you're talking about, you know, everybody said and, and I hate this, I hate this, this this thing or this uh, another thought that you know a lot of fans and a lot of you know, experts out there say, well, hey, you know, Nick Saban went 5-7 and seven his first year and he lost to Louisiana Monroe. And Kirby Smart uh, was terrible at Georgia his first year. And, you know, 
I'm done with that. I don't want to hear that crap. That's crap to me. It doesn't matter to me what Nick Saban did 20 years ago, what Kirby Smart did five years ago. You could say that about a ton of coaches, right? You could also say the opposite about a ton of coaches. They started off crappy. They ended up crappy coaches. Like that whole notion of, well, of course we're going to name Nick Saban. He's the greatest coach to ever coach college football. Of course we're going to name him that he, he had a bad record his first year with Mike Shula's players. I get that. But we can't think that way. We can't think, well, hey, you know, and I get it. It's wishful thinking. It's it's for something for us to be positive about. Um, and, I, and Blue, I know that you have something to say about that, but I'm, I'm, I understand there needs to be a culture change. But at the same time, that means the players need to change as well. It's not only about the coaches. Well, the only thing I can remember, guys, is during the off season when we were talking about this year and we'd occasionally drop, hey, they can win nine, ten games and they, with a bowl game, 11 games. And when we did our season prediction and I said, well, you know, they may win eight or you never know, maybe a ninth game. And I got lambasted from the fans. And the one thing that I said to the fans, I said, on what basis are you going on that all of a sudden this team that was just barely a 500, a little over a 500 team last year, losing two huge weapons at receiver. And you know what I'm saying? And, 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 but you can't say anything to the fan base because they'll go haywire on you if you don't agree with what they're saying. But, but from now on, if, if I feel some way, I'm going to say it. And like I said, this is not a good football team. Uh, it is, and, and, I'm sorry to say that the rest of the season is really going to be really an uphill struggle because I don't see what is going to change uh, moving the ball on offense or stopping with much better players. North Carolina, Jesus, I was watching them against Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame's got so – they got guys, you know, and Miami cannot – and I know they got the week off. I'm tired of the motivational crap. Oh, don't worry. We got this week off. We're going to get them all ready. For what? You didn't get them ready for last week? Then you're a terrible coaching. That's terrible coaching if you didn't get them ready. You have to have them ready for every game. I don't care who it is. Didn't you learn from Jacksonville State being FSU? Didn't you learn from Georgia Southern beating Florida that year? Appalachian State when they were at FCS school or whatever they were, beating Michigan at the big house? You can't relax on anybody. And especially when you're coming off an average, average season with new players. Listen, I'm not against being optimistic. And you got to be that way as a fan, but then the reality's got to kind of click in. And to be honest, guys, I don't see what's going to change uh, over the next couple of weeks from last week. Oh, they could add Zion Nelson back, or they could add this guy. But Tyler was horrible. I mean, I watched him. It wasn't this. Now the week before, I'll admit that he had some key passes dropped. This week, he didn't. He was thrown behind people at their feet. Couldn't find any running game. It looked like a scrum in rugby when when they when the when the and I told you that a half uh, before the half, the, you know somebody like Knighton would get the ball or Parrish would get the ball and they weren't going anywhere, you know. And it it, it gets frustrating when when that happens. And then you know even Thad wasn't you know they put him in there, but he had no running room. The offensive line took a step back. I mean, they really did. They weren't firing off the ball. And that, to me, at halftime, I thought, you know, they were down at the half. And I thought, uh, I said to Jazz, I said, what's going to happen is he's going to go in there and he's going to ream their butts and say, listen, let's wake it up. 
but he may have said it, but it Nobody didn't help. Up. And that's why he was, he looked like somebody passed after the game because you could see in his face that even he doesn't know uh, what the fix is right now. The fix is, is more personnel and they don't have it. That's well, he mentioned my, that. Yeah. He, he, he yeah. mentioned that in the, in the, in the press conference, he did mention uh, coach Cristobal mentioned that uh, he knew that this was going to be a tough fix and it was going to be, it was going to be, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of work. But, yeah, uh, the Manny, he, he the realizes, Manny Diaz era was horrible, and they left him with horrible players. But he also realizes it's going to be a little more work than he anticipated. That's exactly yeah. what he said. So, um, uh, real quick, by the way, so, sorry. So, I just want to state for the record that was not my prediction, Gary. You're never going to get spicy nuggets like that. Uh, big <laughs> shout out to Gary. Chug Mobier is back in the house. Appreciate the love, Raul. Uh, look forward to every show this week. Thanks for the therapy session and your opinion. I think we can probably small. address this a little bit later in the show when we Affect kind of pivot. Rec- yeah, we will definitely we'll definitely talk about that. No, uh, it doesn't. We talked about but, it. Yeah, but stick <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk no, about just... it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a quick answer for it. But uh, well, still. I mean, I mean, just a little bit more elaboration, so we have to revisit. Um, so. The people that Mario is getting to come in are buying into this dream of like future growth. They know the program's a mess right yeah. now. They're buying into playing time early and the chance of building something. So nothing that's happened is really is really um, you know going to throw them off. They know what they're coming into. They Look, know we're not out. And at the end of the day, are you going to get one or two decommitments here and there? Yeah, it happens to every program. So. Don't even worry about that. Uh, moving along because, uh, you know, we, we mentioned it here and there with the defense and, and some of the stuff we've been talking about. You know, this is a really important <clears throat> topic because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you've got a lot of people right now that are very, very concerned with with the way that this program is being coached um, on both sides of the football. But I, I guess we can focus. This is kind of like a two-part question. It's coaching um, and offense, it's a both topics, so we'll kind of get to that. And we will get to the quarterback situation and some recruiting after. So, uh, you know, keep it locked on here for that. But I really want to focus right now on the um, situation that is now really starting to get serious and starting to get really concerning, which is the play calling that um, uh, that offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis has kind of put together for some of these games. Back-to-back games. We understand that the Texas A and M game, we were uh, we were okay. We were okay in between the uh, in between the twenties, um, but we noticed that this game there was just um, there, there was there was a lot of issues with the play calling. There was a lot of issues with the coaching. Blue, uh, Blue you mentioned it. DJ, you mentioned it. You know, we were out coached and we were out schemed. Vish, you mentioned that, right? We were out schemed in this game. Um, and we were out coached, uh, plain and simple. I mean, on defense, you had to cover zero and you let guys get behind you. That's being out coached. Uh, you're not in position to make plays on crossing routes with a linebacker that you know that they're going to expose that and they beat you on that as well. Um, so there's a lot of different situations on defense on offense. I think, uh, the same thing, right? So while his, while his running schemes are great, not this week, cause this week his running schemes were terrible. As well, Josh Gaddis has some great running schemes. This was not one of them. I don't know what the hell happened here with his running scheme, but let's be honest, right? At this point, it's starting to we're starting to understand what a lot of people were saying. The the the, the passing scheme from Josh Gaddis is not a very good scheme at all. 
And I understand we're having issues at quarterback also, but take away the quarterback play for a second, right? Take away, I know it's hard to do that, but take away how bad he's looked, okay, and the issue at quarterback. Right now, I want to kind of focus on th- th- this passing scheme and what type of you – know, it seems to me like Josh Gattis is not putting these players in a position to be successful. And Blue, you and I spoke about it upstairs on Saturday, right? Where yeah. the hell are the running backs? Where the hell are the running backs coming out? Well, they're all injured on the bench, but no, 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 no. Look, (laughs) we got bad, and then we got bad by the end of the game. No, no, but before that, but Henry Parrish was playing the game before Jalen Knight was playing before, and I understand they got hurt. But where are the running backs? And what I mean by that are why we said it right? Why aren't we putting them out in space? Why aren't we throwing them in the flats? Why aren't we doing those type of things? Will Mallory has been a complete disappointment when it comes to. Uh, blocking comes to just about anything right now. He's dropped a couple of passes. He just doesn't look the part either. Elijah Royal's playing a lot better, but he also missed a huge tackle that got Jalen Knighton hurt. Okay, so I think that we need to start realizing that his play calling right now from a passing scheme perspective is not very good. So the question I have for you guys on this, okay, you can kind of elaborate on that, and we'll start off, we'll start with you uh, again, Blue. Would you be opposed to having Ponce, Coach Frank Ponce, draw up the passing scheme? I'm not saying he's calling plays, but use Car- uh, Carlos Carlos Ponce. This is, this, that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, Coach <laughs> Frank Ponce's um, uh, passing scheme with Josh Gaddis's run scheme and how that might be more successful. Are you opposed to having something like that? I'm not, but I think they. I think that Gaddis would be. Um, I don't think that he would take, I think he would take that as, you know, an insult. Um, you know, I, I can only say that, that he was hired on his merits as a, as one of the best play callers and one of the best assistant coaches. So if you start swiping away duties from him, then it, it doesn't look, it's not a good look, you know, if, if he's not a good coach and he, and he gets exposed all season, then you got to make a move. Because Miami can't keep going through this stuff. I don't care how much personnel has. If you're calling the wrong plays or if you are you fail to do anything in the red zone, which we just – which that poster just said, uh, it, I just – you know, and I watched a ton of games this this last weekend too, and, and I'm looking at a lot of these plays and I go, how come Miami can't do that? You know, and once you – I mean, they got – I looked at Oregon State. Come on. How did they get so good so quick? You know, I mean, they're running some against USC, some really good plays. I, you know, it's just, it's frustrating to watch, but no, to answer your question, I wouldn't be in favor of it because I think that that shows that, uh, you know, that shows they made a mistake. Here's my my thing though. Uh, Coach Ponce is by definition, he is a quarterback's coach slash passing game coordinator. Yeah. Why, you know, why aren't they, why aren't they using it? Right. He has that title. They might as well use his schemes. And well, they got his input jazz. I mean, the yeah. whole week watching film and they could, you know, when they, when they game play them for the games, I'm sure they go over, not that they script plays, but I think they go over scenarios. He and uh, Gattis probably sit in a room for hours together and just say, okay, let's say this scenario. I don't know if they did. It <laughs> didn't look like they did it this week. But, I mean, uh, but last week against A&M, and, you know, you can never put your finger on the reason why people don't execute in the red zone as well as they do between the 20s. And, you know, because, I mean, that's 
it's just one of those things. I mean, I, I think that a lot of teams are, you know, of, of that way. I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a settle for the field goal guy time. There is a place time and place, but every drive can end up in three points. And, yeah. and it's just that their offense has no continuity. I mean, if we're talking about them yesterday playing Virginia or Wake Forest, then, you know, that's different because those teams are comparable and they're in most cases ahead of Miami at this point. But you had a game yesterday and, and I will say that because of the transfer portal and stuff that most of these app States and these schools like them and Utah state and schools like that have more personnel than they've ever had before, because these kids will transfer out and, you know, be disgruntled and then say, you know, they'll go anywhere they have playing time. And, you know, I mean, I went to UNLV and I'm noticing that with them after four games or three and one, and they've never been like this and they're scoring lots of points because what they did is they brought 10 kids in from, you know, various Colorados and Minnesotas and stuff like that, that were good enough to be recruited as power five players at one time. And uh, maybe because of, you know, one thing or nothing uh, or another, uh, you know, things didn't work out. You look at Spencer Rattler. He's awful. He's how did that guy become the number one uh, quarterback in the nation? I watched him against South Carolina. There's got you talk about being up in arms. How does that guy a premier quarterback? So everybody has their problems. But I think that when you look nowadays, you it just brings me back. I just and you said it, Jazz. I can't see for the life of me how you could say, oh, it's just Middle Tennessee State. Who is Miami to say that about anybody? I mean, you know, they've won 24 games in the last, what, three years? So who are they? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, that, you know, it just gets upset, upsetting and stuff. Um, no, I don't think that, you know, there's different. Listen, I still think Mario and his staff are really good. It's just that you can only do so much with what you have. And they have, you know, they have no guy, no playmakers on offense. Who's their playmaker on offense? Nobody. Yeah, we're still waiting to see that. We're uh, I, I, it's every position because who's your playmaker as a running back now? Who's your quarterback? You know, I mean, is is during this off week or are they are is like you said, is there going to be a quarterback battle? I say do it. You know what the heck? I mean, in, how many times you are you in a situation, Jazz, and you know baseball better than anybody? How how long have you seen a starter and go eight innings and then still have a lead and they get taken out? just the way it is it's a team game it's not an individual game and and miami and some of these schools treat football as an individual sport and it's not you know and, and that's why i said if if your quarterback is not getting it done put in another guy he's on your team he's wearing your uniform he's getting a hundred thousand dollar scholarship every year so let him see you're on the same team and you know what for those people say, oh, well, it's going to bruise his ego. Well, then leave, okay? If you can't be a team player and you're thinking as an individual, I mean, I've seen this before. This happened well before you guys were on earth, but uh, when Danny Werfel won the Heisman at Florida, he wasn't even the quarterback going into his into that year. It was Terry Dean, and he played terrible, and they, they elevated Danny Werfel, and he won the Heisman. So – 
You know. Uh, we, by, by the way, Blue, we were alive with Denny Warfel won the Heisman. I, I remember. How young do you think we are? I don't know. I don't know how young you think we are. Yeah, DJ. I don't think I was. I'm 27, so. Yeah, DJ's got more than a decade on us. Yeah. Remember those days? Yeah. You guys should be flattered that I think you're in the 20s. Well, thanks. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Kind of coming back around this because I want to get you and DJ's take. On, on the coaching and the play calling. Look, there's also been a lot of rumblings lately, right? That a lot of ex, um, you know, players um, that have played in the system or coaches that have coached uh, previously with, with Gaddis and with some of these, you know, other guys have said that this is something that was going to happen with Miami, that the Broyles Award it was not all it was cracked out to be, that he's not necessarily this guru genius offensive coordinator and yada 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 so there's been a lot of rumblings about that there's also been a lot of rumblings that um you know he's running a system that does that's not you know that's not good according to the players that we have right and i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna say this right off the bat okay for everybody that's asking for coach lastly to come back and and for us <laughs> to run this type of offense Okay, we saw what that offense can do in the regular season, but we also saw how easy it was to stop that offense towards the end of the season. Some of the better teams knew exactly how to counter that and how to beat that offense. I don't think, you know, is the offense that it's, you know, everybody's, oh, it's all cracked out to be. I get that. I get that a lot of people liked it because it, it kind of showed that TVD, you know, TVD played well. He also had Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley and, and, and all that, right, on that offense. So let's kind of take a step back and forget about the whole Coach Lashley thing. This is this is not a terrible offense. We just don't have the playmakers, and I know Blue said that already. So, Vish, I want to get your take on uh, the play calling as a whole, the offense, everything. Well, yeah, so I'm going to challenge this whole notion that the offense is schemed poorly. Um, it is – it, or that the style does not work when, if you look at the teams at the top of college football, they are running this stuff. They're not running Brent Lashley stuff. And Mario is trying, this is better or worse. We know what we hired. We hired a Nick Saban disciple who believes in physical football and using the passing game for big plays. And we can't execute for crap on the big play part of it. And it's hamstringing the whole offense. You mentioned the red zone issues, which we've certainly had. We went for it twice in the red zone and didn't convert. We also dropped a couple of touchdowns that better teams make those catches on. You look how Clemson beat Wake Forest. It was like third and 10. They threw a jump ball into traffic in overtime. And the guy goes up and gets it. We get Ladson, who played really well, one-on-one. He's got the size advantage. The ball goes off his hands. It's not an easy catch. But that's the way football is played today. You're not open by 15 yards. And you see our opponents doing it. When they throw it up one-on-one with their TVs, their receivers go and get it. Ours can't make those plays. That's how that's how the game is played. So I'm not saying we wouldn't be better right now with Lashley's offense, but Mario is not going to put in a system to allow TVD to thrive for a year and then have to change it in two years when these players he's recruited now are, you know, sophomores, juniors, seniors. He's going to put in the system he wants to run. And in terms of – empowering ponds more is he not the quarterback's coach have we not seen a horrible quarterback play why is he getting a promotion what's happening there like <laughs> the quarterbacks and by the way garcia threw those first two passes everyone got excited 
Did anyone notice that after that, the offense looked exactly the same as it did with Van Dyke? We're, like, yeah, we're definitely going to get into that because that, right, that's right down to crazy. like failing on the goal line. Like it was the exact same team over again. The margin stayed exactly what it was. Like it's just it, so maybe that is, you know, you can point the finger at Gaddis for that. Like, hey, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It looks bad. But clearly something's going on in Van Dyke's head now where he's missing just easy throws. They're also, they were still big drops again, but. Overall, if I'm looking at what we're trying to do, I mean, guys are open and we can't hook up a pass. I mean, what is the purpose of an offense? Whether it's a missed throw or whether it's a drop or whatever it is, if you're scheming it to get your guys open and the execution doesn't happen, how is it the scheme? And why? I mean, there's large questions to be asked about, like, why we don't have a receivers coach, for example. (laughs) Right. I mean, we have 400 million assistants and, and analysts now and we don't have a receivers coach. Um, <laughs> that's certainly a criticism because we have a tight ends coach. Um, but there's a lot, Jazz, you touched on this, a lot of execution errors. Mallory he is supposed to be able to catch everything that's near him. That one thing that we fortunately got it overturned to an incompletion, like, like that shouldn't have ever hit the ground. You got to secure that ball. <clears throat> Arroyo got night and injured, missing a block that would have been a walk-in touchdown if he makes it. Like these are... It's it's one of these things where once it starts spiraling, the whole thing comes down. We just don't have confidence right now at all as a team. And I think the play callers probably lost a little confidence in their ability to execute. But even some of the the incompletion we threw on the goal, both of the four down incompletions on the goal line. One, Mallory is open on the first one. And I guess TVD did not trust like that the gap wouldn't close or the defender would, because he threw it like 600 miles an hour right at his head from like five feet away. There's no way anyone's catching that. It's like he was open. Just throw a normal pass. It's an easy pitch and catch. Um, and then the other one, um, Garcia, I mean, Arroyo was open in the back of the end zone. He threw it to the wrong guy. I That's mean, an easy are... read. Blue, Blue, you know football. DJ, you know football. It's an easy read. If the cornerback jumps around up, you hit Arroyo in the back. If he stays back, you've got Mallory wide open. Right? right, and it, it, it yeah. wasn't like it was he two had one one out there, and he didn't yeah. he didn't wait for it to come open. He didn't have a lot of pressure. He had a which, little bit of pressure, I don't, but I don't, he didn't find the guy and hit him. That's it. But it becomes really... hindsight, guys, because you know during that heat of the moment, maybe yeah, he wasn't I don't, thinking. I, I don't, it's I don't easy blame to go him back for that. Over it. Yeah, I don't blame him for that, given that he's the backup quarterback, wasn't really even supposed to play. So, like, how game ready was he? But when we're talking about the play, the 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 play calling, <laughs> when we're talking about the play calling. That's a great play if you can get two on one in the flat there on a fourth down. Like I don't know what play call you want. Like, if you're able to scheme that out there, not to mention Jazz. I know you had a still shot. This we scored a touchdown, like on that one drive, and then they called him out of bounds. And even on the ACC network broadcast, like, oh, you can see green between his foot and the sideline. They didn't overturn it. We spent another like two minutes trying to punch it in. So we just we're not catching breaks. We're not making plays, and it's it's spiraling, but. You know, I, I think this is the part where you stick with it. If this is the if this is what Mario, if we trust Mario, and this is what he believes is the way to win big, right? I mean, Chip Kelly didn't win squat, right? I mean, these guys uh, we put these like new like these these up tempo offenses go fast, go fast, go fast. They're a lot of fun to watch. There's not a lot of wins on those, right? When Urban Meyer was winning, it was doing the same thing we're doing. Nick Saban does the same thing we're doing. They're Kirby Smart. They're doing the same thing we're doing offensively. So as much as, as this is frustrating, because we saw some, especially Van Dyke is like the poster child of this, right? We saw him so much better last year. And you want to look at this and say, 
How did you break him? Was that system we were running last year ultimately how teams are winning? The answer is no. Right. Not if you want to win big. So I understand what we're doing. This is painful. It's going to be painful. We don't have the playmakers, and the quarterbacks are struggling to adjust to it. It's much harder for the quarterback to run an offense like this when it's one read now. When you're doing an RPO and you're just reading one player and just you're either going to hand it off or throw it to this one receiver, it's much easier than trying to get to your third and fourth receiver. He's struggling with that. We probably did the NFL a favor. <laughs> but because <laughs> they're like, oh, this guy can't go through progressions. Damn. But um, but maybe he'll get better too, right? I mean, this is a work in progress. Now, I am worried about his confidence, like, and whether or not mentally he's able to get better. But but I mean, I everything has fallen on the play caller, and then I if guys are getting open to enough degree where the ball's hitting them or they're open in the throw sales, then to me, that's where the play caller ends and the execution starts. And the whole team is lacking confidence. And to me, that is just permeating everything. They can't execute anything. Well, I don't, you know, and I, and I don't think it's it's just on the uh, the play calling. Um, and DJ, I want to get your thoughts on this. I, I think it's 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 a, a combination of both, right? Lack of execution um, and and play calling. Both, I think that you know, kind of hurt us. And and how, however. You saw that when certain players were on the field, you saw a little better play from from certain positions. I kind of want to focus on the tight end position, right? Because let's be honest, DJ, right now Arroyo is playing much better football than Will Mallory is. And quite frankly, I don't know how you don't have Riley uh, – what's his name? Uh, uh, Skinner, um, Jaleel Skinner, um, out on the uh, the field a lot more – than uh, that you do, right? You saw him mm-hmm. make a great catch, right? Tiptoe the sideline, score a touchdown, which they brought back. Obviously, this just mentioned that uh, he really didn't step out of bounds. However, you saw every time he gets on the field, he's the most athletic guy out there, right? He's making plays. He's caught some really nice balls. Same thing with the Royal. Although he whiffed on that tackle, on that block, uh, he's still playing much better than the other guys on uh, at tight end. What do we need to see? From, I mean, how why how how do we get them more on the field? Number one and number two, what what can you see from what you watch that is the issue with coaching as opposed to execution, play calling? You know, vice versa. You know, mm. those things. Well, as far as the coaching and the play calling, um, it's a little bit interesting to me that it seems like, and yes, I know this is a problem because we don't have necessarily you know that number one wide receiver target. But the lack of big plays and the lack of the ability to stretch the field uh, is really kind of concerning to me. I mean, it seems like we're calling very conservative plays when, you know, we should be able to have a balance of both, you know, short plays, long plays, you know, run plays. And there's really no explosion offensively. Now, I mean, I think some of that – and I'm not going to get too much into this, but I think some of that goes in regards to Tyler Van Dyke because right now it looks like he has the yips. You know how kickers get the yips? It looks like he has the yips under center right now. It really does. And it's kind of fr- – it, well, it's not kind of. It is frustrating to see, but I just think it stems from a lack of trust. You know, I don't think Josh Gaddis has a ton of trust in the wide receiver unit right now, and I don't think – he has a ton of trust in being able to get the ball down the field quickly. 
Now, this is where I can understand some of the frustrations come in because then the game starts turning into like a slog, you know, like a run two yards, run three yards, short pass. But I just don't – I don't think there's a lot of trust on the part of Gaddis to, for the receivers to do what they need to do. And, you know, I, I don't think Tyler Van Dyke is right now at a point where he can, you know, drop back confidently and – be able to execute a bigger play. And that's concerning because that's what what made him, you know, a great quarterback last year, his ability to make, you know, the tough throws, the long throws, the short throws, the ability to move the ball. And, you know, the combination of the lack of weapons and Van Dyke's, you know, struggles right now is very concerning for Miami because it really, really hamstrings them, especially when there are, are – are already questions in regards to Gattis's play call. And DJ, he's not helping himself any because as I illustrated and I showed Jazz at the game, defenses, especially the other day, they were they had eight guys up on the box and walking two other guys up. So he yep. had one guy back, which means they they have the defense says, you know what? They don't respect them. They're basically, they don't they're basically whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So and, and, how are you and, gonna ever get anything going when there's no running lanes. Uh, you're, 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 I think they're even blitzed. They even blitzed a couple of times. And uh, Miami's just not adept at picking up the blitzes, as you said. Uh, yeah, it's just if he, if you're completing passes up, upfield, and that's why I say, you know, tar- target uh, Mallory, I mean, uh, Arroyo a little bit more. Also, your running backs, get them out of the backfield if they're yep. not getting things at the line of scrimmage. Yep. Because what has to happen is a linebacker has to go with them or a safety has to go with them. And uh, you know what? That's the, the thing to me is <clears throat> when you talk about somebody losing confidence, you kind of bring that on yourself too. And, uh, you know, if he was a little bit more accurate, and, and I'm not blaming the play calling, Jesus. You know, there were some good calls the the last couple of weeks. They just didn't execute them. He missed a lot. I mean, but here's the thing, guys: if he if he gets a three four completions against a And M, more completions, uh, they win the game. And if he gets three or four more completions the other day, they're backing their butts off the damn line of scrimmage because Miami, for some reason. They're not throwing well upfield. And, and you know, I mean, I don't know if you watch the Dolphin games, but that's the one thing against an aggressive Buffalo defense. That's the one thing Tua did. He aired it out. Get You know, get it out there to Waddle for 60 yards. Then you got them thinking. But he's giving them, with, with Van Dyke in, in this offense, the defense is, I mean, I'd love to be a defensive coordinator against Miami right now. That'd be the easiest job on the field. You know, because you got you got somebody who has no confidence because he's not executing. And if he executes, you know, it's just sort of like you know, you you start completing passes, and then watch watch the demeanor. And you know, as soon as uh, they pulled him out, you know, everybody tried to rally. Oh, let's go! We got a different quarterback. It's but it's the same place, and you're doing the same thing around him. You know, I mean, you know, you may have had a couple of plays. It's just like. 
uh, and, and Jazz, you'll like this, when the kid uh, Cheveria from the Marlins was traded to Tampa Bay and he started off the first week, he was hitting 420. Boy, the Marlins made a mistake. No, they didn't. He's going to revert back to what he was. You know, a 220 hitter, but that's the same thing with, with Miami. You might have sparked them by putting in a new player here or there, but they're going to revert back to the same thing. It's just that's that's the state that they're at right now. And that's not being negative. That's well, being pretty it's, much honest. It's the well, truth. So, so the thing with that, though, so first of all, I don't think Gas is officially the wide receivers coach. And also, like, the, the players, are the two best receivers that are light years better than anyone on the team. Oh, yeah. Right are gone. So I don't think there's not a good comparison. Yeah. It's not there. Not to mention not only are our two best receivers that, you know, way better than we had on the roster this year are gone. Our top two most talented guys from this year are injured now. So we're really, really at the bottom of the barrel there. But the one thing I would say, and this is again, where guys got to help him out, you know, those easy throws he's making like Thad dropped one in the flat. It was only going to go for one or two yards, but to me, it's like a basketball player that can't hit a jumper. And then, the, then you try to get some layups or get some free throws. Like, we're dropping the layups. And just to build his confidence, like, like Blue said, if you hit a couple of throws, he has confidence going. That's why if Ladson had caught that ball in the end zone, you know, it just it would have would have done wonders for him. It would have been a touchdown pass. would have gotten the team going. It would have helped him out a lot. We just aren't making those – then <laughs> – then Garcia goes in there, key shot Smith goes up and grabs that ball over the top of him. And I'm just like, where, where is this bed? Like, you know, yeah, they're right. like, there like, come on, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> it really so it's is. just like, no, it's just, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. And, and he really just needs, you know, whoever the quarterback is, whether it's, you know, we can talk about that in a minute, what, what they should do with that position. But these receivers, tight ends, running backs, the ball is in your vicinity. You got to catch it. You got to help these kids out and give them that confidence and then you'll see them make the tougher throws, too, because they have confidence to throw it. Right now, if I'm him, I'm not trusting my receivers to catch it. I'm looking for the perfect wide-open guy versus just throwing it because I don't think he's going to catch it. Blue, we're going to get into this now, but I, I know you got to get out of here. I just want a quick, quick answer from you because I know you got to get out of here. Uh, quarterback competition. Is there a quarterback competition going to, into North Carolina in two weeks? I'd open it up. I definitely would open it up. Why not? Is yep. has Van Dyke been playing that good that you that he's got the job sewn up? No, but my my real and I don't you know if he's if he's a team player he'll understand that I mean this is a team game if you start playing individual football you're going to end up five and seven so yeah no I think that this week coming up this off week uh, I think that they've they've got to throw and and you know what I know you hate to use two quarterbacks in a game. But you know what? Miami has to find a way out of this, guys. They have to find a way out of this. And if you keep going with Van Dyke and he keeps playing the way he is and then he gets pulled, then he'll be bruised forever. You know, so make a decision now. Let him get over it. You know, I mean, if, if he loses the competition or, you know, because we don't see it. And that's what I try to tell these writers at the games and all that stuff who, who are starting to voice opinions on who should be what. I say, you don't see their practice. They let you in there for 10 minutes and then you're gone. So you, you've got to trust that, and I say this over and over again, that Mario Cristobal, or Cristobal will not sabotage his team, that he will not play the worst player, believe me. And that's why I'm saying anybody who's playing on Saturday earn that position. That's just what I feel. I appreciate that, Blue. Um, make sure uh, 
Oh, well, we'll get to some of the stuff in the comments now. Blue, I know you got to get out of here, but um, obviously we'll, we'll we'll catch up and we'll do some stuff a little bit later on in the All week. All right, guys, thanks. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, this thanks, next Blue. week next week we'll preview the uh, North Carolina game. Hopefully, we'll be in better moods. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I I just think that and Vish is right. Things are not just going to change because we want them to change. You know, they've got to change because of the fact that they're, you know, that they're thing. I mean, to me, if I'm North Carolina going into that game, I'm looking at this film and thinking, whoa, you know what? There's no use not to have eight guys in the box and walk up another guy because we got to do it. That's how we're going to beat Miami. And so my and Miami's got to get a lot more creative in their defense has been getting a pass so far this year because they played kind of average offense, including A&M. If you watch them against Arkansas, they got lucky to win that game. Uh, and they have no no offense whatsoever. Uh, but North Carolina can score. And that's the thing. They may not have the best defense in the world, but they can score. And and they're going to exploit Miami in every way possible. So I think that that's the the theme of the week is just, just you know, step up. Step up. You know what? If you have to sit after practice and catch 400 balls, do it. You know, keep going over it. I don't want to go, oh, well, we worked hard. and he's No, you didn't. You didn't work hard enough because, to me, you could tell the schemes of other teams. And when Middle Tennessee State is, is throwing you curves, that's not good. That's not good. You know, I mean, and, you know, I mean, the last thing you hate to hear is a team that was a 30 point underdog and the head coach from the opposing team comes in and says, yeah, they did some things uh, really well that we were probably not. What? <laughs> what? You know, that's like a five foot nine guy going up against a 230 pounder, you know, so we got in a lucky punch, but not over and over again. And that's, that's, that's my final word. All right, guys, have a good one. See you later. All right, guys. Thank you. So, so I, I kind of want to get to this. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Um, we got a lot of things in, in the uh, in the chat. Uh, by the way, thanks, Brad, Raul. Um, did did Mario underestimate uh, this roster when he arrived? I don't think he underestimated it. I think he knew there was a lot of there was a lot of work to be done. Okay, and uh, but I think he underestimated how much work that needs to be done. Uh, I, I, that's why he brought in a lot of guys to the transfer portal as well. And for those that are asking, I know someone. Oh, Chuck Mobier was the one that asked about the uh, the transfer portal receiver. They tried. Look, they got Frank Gladson uh, and Kobe Young. But by the way, Kobe Young is you know still got like three years of eligibility left. Okay, so he's a kid that's going to be around here for a couple of years. Uh, still needs to develop a little bit. Look, at the end of the day, guys, like what Blue said. Coach Cristobal is going to play the absolute best players he possibly can. Okay. With that being said, okay, this this is going to be interesting now uh, with this quarterback competition. I I think that there is going to be. I don't want to say there's a quarterback controversy. Sorry, just just real quick on on the receivers. I think if, if George and Restrepo are healthy, we're having a different conversation. On yeah, yeah. Of course. So it's easy in 2020 hindsight to. We're talking about whoever the third, which I guess is Latson based off this week, whoever the third best receiver on the team is having to step up and be the number one. Right. So, so it is, I mean, injuries do matter and and they did certainly like, we might be out of running backs. We got to see who we got next week. And that was our deepest position coming into the season. So, you know, injuries matter and we've had them in bunches at certain positions. We ran out of cornerbacks this week too. 
Um, right. Now, all of this should not matter against Middle Tennessee. So it's not an excuse for that. But when you start looking at the depth and like, oh, Tyreek's out. Oh, Porter's out. Right. And then you look at the receivers. Oh, George is out. Oh, Restrepo's out. You look at the running backs. No Cheney. By the end of that game, no Parrish. No night. Yeah, that was pretty bad. No citizen. All of a sudden, it's like, holy crap, we don't have any running backs. It wasn't bad planning. It's like they literally all got hurt. So it's just sometimes it's bad luck on that, too. We knew receivers going to be weak. It wasn't going to be this week um, without these injuries. Uh, really quick, before we get into the quarterback uh, competition info, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to our uh, to our sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped. Make sure you guys go to manscaped.com. Um, Real quick, this is it's it's actually incredible. I actually ordered my my um, my performance package of 4.0. Uh, you have the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for the ears and nose hair trimmer, your crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner. Uh, they, I got a pair of boxer briefs, which is really cool, and a travel bag. The travel bag is awesome. Look, I got it right here, actually. Boom, it's a nice little travel bag right there. Uh, it's really cool, actually. So make sure you guys uh, go to manscaped.com. Um, they've got all really, really great things. Been using the product now for a little bit, and it's uh, it's absolutely great. Uh, so I know that everybody will be happy. Make sure you go to manscaped.com. When you um, check out, put in the code 5RSN. So the, the, the number 5 and then RSN, you'll get 20% off, plus you'll get free shipping as well. It's going sure across the check. bottom there in case you guys yeah. didn't actually, it, so. actually, yeah, the marquee right there on the bottom. 5RSN is the code word. When you check out, you'll get 20% off, plus Free shipping on manscaped.com. Check them out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill all right so right what everybody really wants to talk about because this is uh uh this is quarterback right this is quarterbacking stuff and look he has been struggling tbd has been struggling we saw that he got pulled in the second half for jake garcia here's what i want everybody to realize that (laughs) we saw it right we kind of saw it yeah it was exciting to have jake garcia come in you know, that first drive of his, he sparked, you know, it was a great throw he made to Keyshawn. Uh, we scored, you know, quickly, you know, relatively quickly. We scored a touchdown with him um, at quarterback coming in. But after that, like, the team kind of reverted back to how they were playing again uh, with with TVD. And, and quite frankly, you see that there is deficiencies in Jake Garcia's game as well. Look, and I say that, by, <laughs> and I say that, and then I say, He's a really good quarterback, and I believe that he's the future of this team. Could the future be now? Absolutely. But here's what we have to – From this is my perspective, right? Like we've seen that uh, TVD has regressed quite a bit, or he's having issues. He's struggling right now. He's broken. There's something going on that needs to be fixed with, uh, with Tyler Van Dyke. However, that's not to say that Tyler is not – quite frankly, the best quarterback on this team. So, okay, he practices the best, and I understand a lot of people don't care about that. But apparently this program, this coaching staff does, right? You practice hard, you practice the best, you're going to play the most. And that's how it should be uh, for most programs. I understand there's a lot of players that are, you know, what we call 2 o'clock hitters um, in baseball, DJ, Vish, you guys know that term, right? 2 o'clock hitters, 
uh, you know, and then there's guys that just show up and they ball out in actual games, right? And you know who those guys are, though, right? Right off the bat, you know who those guys are. Mario comes in here, and it's a clean slate for everybody. So everybody has to work hard to get their position to start, which is what you saw. Um, and the cream will rise to the top. TVD has been practicing really well. It's a completely different environment from practicing really well, really well in this scheme than to performing on, you know, uh, you know, in a game. And I get that, okay. And he has been struggling. However, by say, even though saying that, I still think that, you know, Jake Garcia really didn't do anything to. He went ten of nineteen, by the way, uh, for everybody that's wondering. He went ten of nineteen. He didn't go like, yeah, you know, he started off five of five or something. One hundred eighty-nine yards, right? But he went 10 of 19 for 189 yards, okay? So it's not like he was 17 of 19 for, for a buck 89, right? He, he's, 169, actually. Excuse oh, me. Okay, better, even better, 169. So he, you see that he still struggled making some throws. Vish mentioned, right, the throw in the end zone where he went to uh, – uh, he was he went to Mallory instead of Arroyo in the back of the end zone. Well, I think at the time he, he threw it too soon is what happened there because at did. that point they hadn't separated. He, he had they, a little bit of a rush. He had a little yeah. bit of a rush. If he, he waited he, a he second, then that DB would have had to make a choice. He threw it when right. when before he had to make commit to one or the other. But he he pretty much did right. Like <laughs> kind of. Anyways, bottom line is, uh, uh, do we have a, co- a quarterback competition now? I think that right now you've got to open it up. You've got to let them both compete. Jake Garcia is a super talented quarterback, and I think that he can come in and do some really nice things. However, if you go with Jake Garcia, please, Canes fans, understand you're going to see some stuff you're not going to like, okay? You're going to see some growing pains, and you're going to have to live with those if if he wins the starting job again ahead of uh, North Carolina. You're going to have to understand that this is not going to be the same thing that you've you're going to custom the scene from TVD last year, okay? And what you're going to expect down the road? Yeah, he's still a gunslinger. He has great legs, right? He can he can kind of get out of the pocket and move and get some yards with his legs and all that. He's a very talented kid. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a, a, eventually um, the starter here and he's going to be a really good quarterback here, okay? However, he's still okay the, the backup quarterback, and I know he's the most popular guy on the team as always. However, understand something. You're going to have to wait for him to develop a little bit more. So that what that tells me is if you go into North Carolina and you name him the starter, you've got to ride with him the rest of the season. Okay. Because now you're talking about bringing in, bringing in TVD if he struggles again, and that just throws everything completely off again. And now you've got yourself a really big issue. Now you can do it the other way around, right? You can say that TVD wins the quarterback competition now going to North Carolina. And if he struggles, right, you give him a half. You give him a, a, a quarter, three, four, four series, right, whatever it is, and he continues to struggle, then you can bring in Jake Garcia after that, right? He's going to be on a short leash now until he proves otherwise, okay? However, if he's a better quarterback in practice, you start TVD again, and I don't think you can divert from that. I want to get your take on this, guys. We'll start with you, DJ. I think, you know, neither quarterback has done anything to, you know, overtake the starting job completely. Van Dyke has struggled, you know, but Garcia at the same time and the action that we saw on Saturday, granted it was limited, didn't do anything to definitively pull ahead in the quarterback one competition. So I like the second option that you laid out there. Um, Just have uh, Van Dyke maybe start the second half, and if he struggles – 
bring Garcia in. Um, you know, that's odd to say, take him out no matter what, once the second half begins. If Van Dyke plays well, then you obviously ride with him. But, you know, th- there's there's a lot of uncertainty here. But the one certain thing is that they need to open this quarterback competition up because right now Tyler Van Dyke is struggling. And whether or not he just needs this competition to kind of wake him up or he needs a complete mental reset, they got to figure it out in practice before, you know, the 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 ACC games begin because, you know, we just had our quote-unquote gimme game in Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State, and, you know, we didn't perform well in that one at all. So, you know, now they've kind of put themselves in a tough spot. And by, by the way, it's to, to that last one from uh, Samad Jamar, uh, unfortunately, it's true, man. Norvell's got them boys going over there, right? I mean, you know, they, they've played. They're impressive. They're, they've played equivalent uh, competitions. We have maybe maybe slightly better, actually, right? Uh, they have played a couple, you know, ACC. They played two ACC games. They played LSU. Um, and then they played, I think, a Riggy Dink team. But um, they, it's three years, though. Three years. Three years. This is what I'm talking about, right? Like, do, do do Kane's fans have the patience to let Mario get his? No, guys they don't. In I'll here? answer that right now. Uh, no, they uh, don't. I'll, I'll say right now, I don't have the patience if he's going to miss a bowl game. Like Norvell's never made a bowl game before. Like, I don't have that kind of patience. But to be honest, like, I if we're if we're sitting here going like four and eight every year, no. I'm yeah, well, that's off. what we that. I, and, and look, that's what that's what Norvell did. And again, you know, earlier you talked about how I wanted to bring up Nick Saban, how he had a bad first. This is the equivalent of that, though, from the other extreme. We just got to play as well as we possibly can. And and FSU did not do that the last two years. Like right. they're doing better this year. They lost to Jacksonville State last year. Get the hell! Like that's not part of his growth. Just like Middle Tennessee is not part of Mario's growth. It's a massive screw up, and he's got to own it, which he did. And then we move on. But that screw-up was not necessary to build the program. Just like losing to Jacksonville State was not necessary to build the program, right? I mean, it's just just because it's now, now they're playing well. They did not have to go through all of that pain. They could have been bowl eligible, right? I mean, this is he did a bad job the first two years, and, and, and now he's doing a good job this year. Now, that growth was happening behind the scenes. I was recruiting and building stuff up. But that doesn't mean the play on the field had to be that bad. And we certainly did not have to lose that game on Saturday to then eventually be good. Yeah, good point. Uh, Vich, what's your take on the quarterback competition? Yeah, I, I kind of agree um, that I think TBD has certainly not played well enough where it's his job anymore. And Garcia did not play well enough to earn the job outright. Like you said, 10 and 19 is not exactly um, lighting it up. I think everyone got excited off the first drive. And then after that, it was back to reality right basically the same offense which um the one thing i would say is whoever earns the job you gotta you gotta you gotta back them you cannot be yanking these kids in and out of the game every and that you can't have them as they're both i don't think garcia is gonna have, like i don't know where he is confidence wise i think we kind of see where tbd is you can't also have them looking over their shoulder so i whoever whoever you think is better you're like look man it's your team the quarterback needs to lead the team out there. This is your team. Go lead your troops out there. We're stick with you. And he need, whoever the quarterback is needs that backing. They cannot be thinking, oh crap, if I make one, if I miss one throw, if I make one mistake, I'm gonna get pulled. See, but I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be a matter of them making one mistake or not. I think that you're gonna see 
them not, uh, you're going to see TVD not have such a short leash, such a long leash as opposed to Jake. I think that if you stick Jake in there and you make him your starter, you got to ride with him at this point. Yeah, at this point, that's it. It's done. You got to ride with him. You got to take your shots. You're going to have some growing pains with him at quarterback. The other way around, um, I, I, in my opinion, you will be able to say, well, you've got a short leash, man. We, we're giving you another opportunity to write this ship. And if you don't do it, then we got to pull it. And we got to pull you. I, I think if you feel that you need to do that, you shouldn't be starting him. He's, he's got a lot more game action under his belt. If you think you need to like, let me see what you can do for a quarter. He needs to just not be the starter. Well, no, I, and I, but I disagree with that because what if he practices better than Jake Garcia? He completely outshines Jake Garcia. Then you, you back him. Yeah, but he's then he comes in, in games too. Yeah, but Vish, if he comes into a game and he does this crap again, you can, how are you going to back that? How are you going to back that? At that point, you kind of know what you got with him at quarterback. Like at this point, I don't feel like he's going to, if he does this again, right? I don't feel like there's much you can do about it. I think he's got to try to give, he, give I think he at, least, a shot. he at least needs the leash he had against Middle Tennessee. You can't pull him out okay. in the first quarter. All right. Um, if he, I, I'm good know, with you, that. Because I, and then I think if you pull him out again, that's got to be it. Yeah, and, I agree. And, I and agree. so you got to understand the implications of that. Like, right. the qu- quarterback is a different position. You got to be careful here. And if you're going to say after two weeks of prep, you're the man, you got to back that up a little bit at least. You can't just and and frankly, this there is a and I know we're all on Twitter, so we see all this crap, and it doesn't really matter in the real world. But this whole like social media campaign going around against TVD is making me sick. Yeah. frankly i'm seeing quotes taken out of context retweet be like look at this a-hole and i'm like you gotta be kidding me yeah, i agree he is trying his best all right this is tough for him imagine you come in with like the hype he did and everyone's saying it went to his head he has expectations of himself all right and it's not going the way he knows he's thought. not playing well it's yeah, not like it's, he's sitting there yeah, saying oh i don't know what's going on no he knows you think he you he think knows. and then I saw him simultaneously get criticized for getting mad for being pulled. Of course he's mad he got pulled. Who wouldn't be? What? Yeah, I really hope he's like, thank God they got me out of there. Of course not. <laughs> I'd be that more upset if he do. didn't show emotion. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then also pretending like he doesn't care it all went to his – I'm like, you can't have it both ways. This whole thing about, like, going after him personally, he's not playing well. He knows that. He's got to be more upset about than any of us are. This is a person that was supposed to go in the first round of the NFL draft that's playing like complete crap. You don't think he knows that? His entire, you know, from peewee football now was building this moment and it's going horribly. How about a little sympathy? What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. I mean, come on. This is like, this is like a 20-something-year-old <laughs> kid. Leave, like, how about backing him and supporting him? Either way, well, he's a Miami a- Hurricane. He's Absolutely, one of our kids. you said it. You said it, and and that's so. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's the same way that we need to feel at this. We're only four games into this regime. We need to calm down, take a step back, and calm down. Like I understand. Look, I, I we're we're here to do this, right? We're here to 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 poke out the issues that are going on, and and to I'm I'm losing my my the words that I want to say, but we're here to to dissect what the hell is going on and to to say, hey. Josh Gaddis is not, you know, doing well right now, right? Tyler Van Dyke is not doing well right now. That doesn't mean that we're not going to sit here and back this team 100%. Josh Gaddis is still our offensive coordinator. We still got to back him. We still got to 
put every, you know, I, okay, it's maybe not put all of our faith in him because I understand that. Oh, I don't, I get that. And 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 coaches can, and I'm sorry, not coaches, fans can kind of make the decision, whatever decision they want. They choose to do whatever the hell they want. But at the end of the day, these are Miami Hurricanes, man. Right, and Tyler Van Dyke is a Miami Hurricanes quarterback, or Jake Garcia, or whoever it is. We need to back them up, and we need to. You can't go out there on Twitter because unfortunately, this yes, it does affect the real the real world, right? Because these are kids, and at the end of the day, kids are impressionable, and they're gonna see this crap on Twitter, and it does affect them. Because I know that as a twenty year old kid, okay, if someone talked crap about me out there, you know, some kids can deal with it. Some kids can't. Some kids let it get to their heads, right? There's the this NIL crap gets to a lot of kids' heads as well. It, it, it's at the end of the day, you, you if you're gonna put out their negative information or if you're gonna put out their just negativity, that's what you're gonna get in return because that's the energy that you're putting out there. Okay. At the same time, if you sit there and you say, Hey, he's not playing really well, but we still got your back, TVD. You're not playing really well. You need to get it together. But we you're still a hurricane. We're still got you. We're still here. Okay. That's that's different. And that's what we're saying. We're not saying we're not sitting yeah, here I'm saying, not saying you can't TV. be critical of right. You, you have to be there critical. Is, that's what we're here for is to be critical. There is a concerted social media campaign against him. It's ridiculous. Blows my mind and it upsets me. Maybe because I'm older now and I'm just like, what is wrong with you people? These are kids in college. Like I get it. Like you can totally like that last the last throw he made in the game was awful. He missed a little skinner by like five yards. Although I'm not sure he shouldn't have sat down the zone. I still feel like because he ran into traffic, and if he just stopped where he yeah, was, he would But he missed Michael Redding on, like, two per- perfect routes. Yeah, yeah he, he missed. Ran. And I mean, then he... Michael Redding dropped the other one when he hit and him Michael in the chest. Red... Like, it's right. nothing's working, and I get that. And we can talk about how, you know, you can look at how he was throwing the ball last year and how he's throwing it now, and something is wrong, right? And we can talk about that without making it personal, almost like cheering against him, some of our fans are. And it's oh, disgusting. Yeah. This is why I don't agree with booing. Like, I'm not a big boo guy. I don't boo at games. <laughs> So, but I understand. I understand it. I understand. And I think this is why I'm generally harder on the coaches. Um, Although in this case, we're four games in. So I'm like, pump the brakes a little bit here. But they're paid millions of dollars to do this job, right? They're the professionals. These kids are in college. Like, I was a dumb. I was was, was an idiot in college. Like, there's no way I could have handled any of this stuff. Like, I don't don't, understand where. I don't know what you're talking about. I was an idiot. (laughs) I don't even remember half a college. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, DJ, that wasn't that long ago for you. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) But look, but at the end of the day, Vish, you mentioned this, you said this earlier, right? We can't put it all on the coaches either, though. These players have to go out there and they have to execute. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just when, – when we talk about really being very harsh with our criticism, I'm much more right. comfortable doing it of the coaches gotcha. who gotcha. are paid professionals versus these players who chose to, to, to pledge – like, you only get one chance to play college football. They chose to do it at our school. Can we not crap on them, please? Like, is it is it – I'm not and I'm not talking about don't ever say, like, they messed up or whatever. Or even we talked about flag and, like – he does some things really well. They exploit his weaknesses. Which you know, we know he's not good in space. We right. know he's not the fastest linebacker. They went right at him. Like those, that's fine, right? We're not, we're not like on social be like flag is the devil and all this crap that's happening with TVD. And I don't get how quickly calling we turn on this kid. And all that. Calling yeah, names. I don't know how quickly. Like, I cannot understand how quickly he turned on this kid. Really quick before we get out of here, 
Uh, totally flipping the script. Does this affect recruiting? I, I say no. Mm-hmm. And I I think people have the misconception that losses, I mean, yes, okay, losses do affect recruiting in a sense. But, I mean, if you saw all the – Mario Cristobal is trying to do something here, okay, people. Mario Cristobal is trying to get the, 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 the players, okay, and the people, the type of humans that are going to come in here and they're going to change the culture of this program. Um, he's going to get really, really good players. You saw him do it at other schools. You've seen him do it. Okay. This don't. I don't want to. I don't want everybody to sit here and be like, "Look, this is typical Mario." What is typical Mario? Because he won the Pac-12 a couple times. He won a Rose Bowl. Okay. So what is Mario? What are we talking about when we say that? Okay. Do you know how hard it is to win in college football? Okay. Do you know how hard it is? And he was there. He was a top ten program, year in and year out. He won a Rose Bowl. He won two Pac-12 titles. Like, what are we talking about here? Saying, oh. Oh, Mario, you're going to get – look here, this is what you get when you get Mario. I mean, if that's what you get when you get Mario, and maybe even better because now you're in the ACC, you got another opportunity to come in and compete and win a national title, win an ACC championship, whatever the case is, you got to let him do his thing. you got to let him build this team. you got to let him build a culture, and that's what he's doing, especially with the guys that he's recruiting right now. And you saw it. They all banded together like brothers. They all did. They banded together like brothers on Twitter. You saw them post, we ain't going anywhere. Uh, Ray Ray Joseph and Jackson Carver and Antonio Tripp and all, everybody, all the all the, uh, all the the ambassadors of this recruiting class, okay? It's not going to affect recruiting in the sense that, look, you're going to miss on some guys. And, so, and maybe one or two guys will decommit. That's part of the process. That's recruiting for you. It happens at Alabama. It happens at Georgia. It happens everywhere in the country, okay? A bad loss is a bad loss. I get that. But this is an opportunity for players to, to see what Mario is trying to build here. And I think that the players that he already has committed know that. All right. So when you're talking about guys like Tyler Williams, you know, who was visiting all that he was here for 72 hours. Okay. He's going to make the, his decision tomorrow. Actually, he's going to make his decision on, on, on what uh, school he's going to choose. You know, a lot of people think it's Georgia. A lot of people think it's still Miami. And then someone said, you know, someone posted, uh, 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 we were talking about it a little earlier today about, you know, oh, how, how did Tyler react to the loss? And so somebody that knows him very closely and personally said he actually re- he actually reacted different than I thought he was. He actually was positive about the loss and understands, you know, what my what Coach Cristobal, what Miami's trying to do. He wasn't he wasn't uh, put off by it. I mean, everybody was put off by it, but he wasn't like, you know, I'm not going to go play in Miami because they sucked and they got their ass kicked. Like it was a completely different vibe from Tyler Williams. So that tells me what you need to know about this program and what Mario is trying to do here um, at the University of Miami. Everybody needs to relax. Calm down. Yeah, and the other the other thing okay. I would say is these types the, of recruiting things, is a marathon. Let's relax. Yeah, yeah, and these types of things affect you much more in years two, three, four. Um, because this is everyone knows this isn't fully his team yet. And right. actually, we have a good we have a good history to fall back on. When when Randy Shannon's first year went five and seven, a lot of bad losses. That was when Kirby Freeman and Kyle Wright were splitting a quarterback. Landed the number one recruiting class after that because those kids were not committing to the current team. They're committing to the dream of what could be. And those are the same things, same players committing to Mario now. They know we're not there yet. They've you bought want to know into... important, You want to know, and I hate to cut you off. Yeah, I'm no, sorry, but you know how important a coach is and what the coach is trying to build here? That I was coaching 
Back then, when Randy Shannon was the head coach at Miami, I was coaching baseball. I was coaching travel baseball for high school kids. Okay, I went to a tournament in East Cobb, Georgia. Okay, which is the biggest tournament in the country back then for 17 and under, 18 and under teams. Okay, we happened to play a team. Okay, that the starting pitcher was Jameis Winston. He was on Team Alabama. Jameis Winston was the starting pitcher. I've said this story before. I know uh, to you, Vish. Uh, I'm not sure, DJ, but he play, he he was a starting pitcher and he went three for four. Okay, and he struck out like 12, and we lost three to one. Okay, we still battle. We still fought hard. I don't know why I'm mentioning that part, but the point is that after the game, okay, that was a season that Randy Shannon had just gotten fired. Okay, and Jameis Winston was being recruited by Randy Shannon and by the University of Miami, and I and this is a true story. I went up to Jameis Winston's father after the game, and I said, "Great job." Um, you know, you raised a, a great kid there. He looks like he's going to be an absolute star. Talk to me, man. What happened with Miami? And at that point, I think it was between Miami, Texas, and Florida State. Okay? And talk to me. Why Why isn't Jameis coming to Miami, baby? Right? Like, I was trying to hype him up. But he goes, I'll tell you the real, I'll tell you the exact reason why Jameis Winston is not going to Miami. Because Randy Shannon is not the quarterback there anymore. Uh, he's not the coach there anymore. That's exactly the reason. So understand how important it is <laughs> that coaches – Matter, man. Like, when you get the right players, can you imagine Miami with Jameis Winston back then? I mean, mm, things might have been uh, a little bit different, right? Go, no, because Golden Owl would have ruined the whole thing. <laughs> no, I'm saying, if, I'm saying if Randy Shannon would have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, speaking God. of Al Golden, right? He's Now he's being looked at for Georgia Tech. Okay, let's, let's oh, talk please, about that for a second. Please okay? do that, man. <laughs> if anything, can we get him in there by our game? That'll fix Van Dyke right up. He's get, doing a, a bang-up job. He's doing a bang-up job over at Notre Dame, isn't he? Get an Al Golden defense out there, and, and TVD will be right as rain after that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, no, but but I think so. You know, if it's if it's three or four or five years down the line, and we're doing this, it's so much harder. It doesn't matter who the coach is to go into to the to the kids, you know, kids' home and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna win here." It's like really, we've been there forever. But year one, no, it does not matter. They're they're buying into. By the time I'm a junior, we can be winning championships, and I'll be one of those kids that brought the school back. That's what they're buying into. So losing the middle Tennessee is not going to change that. Um, but, but you know, if three years from now we're losing games like this, absolutely, it'll be hard to recruit because they're going to be like, you're full of it. Your team sucks. Right. But now it doesn't matter. True. Uh, man, I think that the curse of the orange pool. Listen, that's that's a that's a whole show up in and of itself. We're not right? going to do – all right, we're just going to – we're not, we're not gonna doing do stadium talk. We're not doing that. We're not that. doing stadium talk. <laughs> the U1975, I feel like you've been around for a while. But um, all right, so next Monday, uh, obviously we don't have pre or post game this weekend, but uh, thankfully, right, we're gonna go. We're uh, not going to lose this weekend, so that's good. That's the exciting yeah. part. Um, next Monday, we preview a, a, a big game. We go into ACC, ACC play against North Carolina, a team that can score. They can light up the scoreboard, right? They've got a, so, <laughs> they've got a really good quarterback now over there. Uh, believe it or not, right after uh, homeboy left, Sam Howell, they, they picked off right where they left off. Uh, Drake May is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Josh Downs is uh, an elite level wide receiver. So, yes, Tyler Williams will be committing tomorrow on the 27th. So uh, just stay tuned for that on Twitter and stuff. You'll probably get some updates on that. Um, so, yeah, next weekend, like I said, uh, next week, North Carolina. The game, by the way, is a 4 p.m. start. Which, yeah, thank God thing, for you one, and me, Rich, it's a 4 yeah. p.m. start. <laughs> the one thing I'll say, I know what you're talking about. The one thing yeah. I'll say is, um, 
you know, this is a good test for this coaching staff. With the team's down, the bye week could not have come at a better time just to reset your heads. Yeah. Can they can they get this team? Because, you know, we're two weeks removed from everyone being excited, the team being pumped up. We're going to go on the road. We're going to win this game. And, and we're going to make a statement. And two weeks later, it's like the program's over. Yep. We're a shambles again. <laughs> so that's the same team. So can he, can they reset, you know, mentally get the team prepared to go out there and play well? Right. Because there's eight ACC games to go here, man. And, and, and this is a good chance to reset. You got two weeks to prepare. North Carolina does not. You know, get get the team ready, get them fired up to play a home game in the, in conference, and frankly, take a step towards winning the stupid conference. And it was not Miami fans with inflated expectations that were t- that were making these predictions. They were voted to win the coastal. Well, so, we still got a shot. We still got a shot of doing it. Right? They haven't played a conference game yet. I mean, based on the evidence, <laughs> they won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but but, on paper, but, yeah, but coming into no. the year, right? I mean. In fact, before Saturday, we would have said, yeah, they're the favorite still. Yeah. So, I mean, does one game just throw the whole season out? No, hopefully not. So college, let's 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 see. Crazy. No, but that's my point. If the coaches can get yeah. their heads, get them to flush that performance, reset and say, look, we got eight games in front of us. Let's go play the best eight games we can. And if they can get the kids' heads in the right space, there's enough talent to do some damage there. They're gonna win the coastal. Based on the evidence, probably not, but they can win a lot of games still. And build some momentum in the next season, and and I, this I is think why the, I want to see what we can do here. I think the evidence is is misleading, um, but then again, you know, I mean, we've been we've seen again we've seen this type of a situation before, right? The I, I feel like the evidence is misleading. Look, Texas A and M just beat a damn good Arkansas team, right? So, like, it, college football is crazy, man. This is a crazy, crazy sport. Um, should it is really, and one of the things you're one of the have things lost you're seeing, to Middle Tennessee State, but yeah, we shouldn't have. But one of the things you're seeing is if you're not like on that Alabama or Georgia level, yeah. if you don't it's show absolute. up, you will lose. Like AM Absolutely. lost to App State, um, App State needed a Hail Mary to beat Troy the next week, lost to James Madison. UF yeah. almost lost at home to USF, who was complete dump, yep, right? I mean, in Texas, what against UTSA was struggling down to, it is. Uh, there's a Texas few lost, programs. Texas lost to Texas Tech. Texas Tech. There's a few uh, Oklahoma programs. Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a few programs, basically at this point, Alabama and Georgia, that have separated themselves to where they can half show up and still win. Anyone else, you could lose to pretty much anyone. And that's been proven this year. Not just in the losses, but in the teams that like, boy, they escaped with that one. There's been a lot of those, too, against really terrible. Like, USF is awful. And they almost won in Gainesville. Like, this is... This is the way the sport is. If you don't show up, that can happen. What happened to us? It doesn't matter who it is. Absolutely. Um, to answer your question really quick, did Mario work the kids too hard after the Texas A&M game? I'm sure that's what he meant. Yeah. Uh, they looked out of gas. Uh, no, I don't think so. Number one, they've been practicing the same way always. Okay? That's not an excuse uh, to be out of gas. Uh, I just think that they took this game lightly. Okay? And they put the brakes on and – they pumped the brakes and they didn't play hard. It was a lack of effort. Just bottom line, I don't think they were out. I of think gas. it was a lack of effort, lack of mental focus, and then yeah. just the way the game started with the three turnovers and three possessions. I think basically it's like Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan to get hit in the mouth. We got hit in the mouth and did not ever get up really. Yep, hundred percent. Uh, make sure you guys keep it locked here on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Uh, Six Rings Canes every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. 
We also have pre and post game show when uh, the Canes do play on Saturdays. Uh, but make sure you keep a lock during the week as we'll have some stuff on Twitter at Six Rings Canes. Follow us there. Uh, subscribe to the show. Give us a smash the like button when you do watch the show. And, um, you know, just keep a lock for all of our shenanigans that we yeah, post. So, so we will we will do pre and post game North Carolina, provided yes. Jazz and I survive in the morning's events. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm, not, I'm totally not ready for it, by the way. Oh, I'm ready uh, now, man. I am, I'm ready to go. I bet I've you been are. training I'm for not. it. But you know what? Though? Like the humidity is so much worse in Miami that I am going to die. Oh my god! I've been told I'm like five k or something. I'm, I'm doing, doing a ten k. He's doing a ten k. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to drink the night before. Screw it. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am. I am actually that beer I had on stream on Saturday was like that's the last drink I'm having until after I run this. <laughs> I am going to die at the tailgate. Is what's going to actually happen because after yeah. this thing is done, I'm like, give me all the beer. Who, who who thought it was a good idea? It's all vicious fault. He I did not ask it. you to do it. He forced me to do it <laughs> on purpose. I was like, I'm not bringing anyone else into this nonsense. But you, you went, you went. But I did it. I did it because I'm an idiot. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. So thank you everybody for watching the show. By the way, we uh, we appreciate it. Uh, like I said, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Six Rings Canes. And every Monday here at 8:30 p.m. on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe. Smash the like button. Tell your friends about it. Uh, we'll have some uh, some pretty cool stuff coming up as well. A little bit of a facelift for the show, as you probably heard in the, in the uh, beginning. Uh, cool little intro, but it's going to be even better soon. And uh, we'll have some swag, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks there. Uh, some merch uh, for you guys as well. So keep it locked on here. We'll see uh, you guys. Before, before we end real quick, um, if you guys are subscribed to the podcast, this will post to that. You should still get it. If you don't, just find it and resubscribe. We did cut over to the fan-sided network called That's Red right. Circle. Everything's supposed to convert over seamlessly. You shouldn't notice anything, but in case in case it doesn't come over, you, you might have to resubscribe. Should we give a shout-out to Prize Picks too, by the way? We can do that. Uh, yeah, pri- just real quick, Prize Picks. Um, make sure you guys go to prizepicks.com or uh, load up the app as well. It's it's really easy. You can you know pick two to five players, uh, choose their individual over-unders uh, on their categories. You can choose the NFL, Major League Baseball, college football. You've got so many different things that you can do there. The NHL, when it comes back around, uh, the NBA. So you've got a lot of different options that you can do. It's, it's, it's really simple. It all depends on how much you want to win. Um, pick two to five players. Choose the over-under on their categories, individual categories. And that's how you win, man, and make some money there. Uh, when you sign up, make sure you put in the code 5, F-I-V-E. When you sign up, they will match your initial deposit up to $100 uh, when you use the code 5, F-I-V-E. That is uh, prizepicks.com. Make sure you check them out, uh, code word 5. All right, guys. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the Six Rings Canes show tonight. Thank you to Blue. Thank you to Vish, DJ. You guys are always awesome. Uh, and uh, of course, thank you to all the uh, to all the guys and girls on the chat as well. We do appreciate. Excuse me. We do appreciate it. We'll see you guys next Monday. Go Canes. Go Canes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.